Well, hello and welcome to episode number 72 of Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialise in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the motivations to be successful really the motivations to succeed in international team communications. So how you would find and identify the right sorts of motivation within the people that you're looking to send or deploy into your international teams. So as with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying article on the All Fire website. So please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, of course, feel free to sign up for our regular newsletter find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you with your business. So it seems of late I've had quite a few conversations with clients and with individuals on the need for personal motivation as a driving force to succeed in international communications. So when I'm talking about motivation here, I'm talking about the kind of psychological intrinsic motivation that an individual needs. So the personal desires and the and the personal drive that they would have to make them really want to understand their international partners. So not in, in so really we're looking at the difference here between people who want to be doing these sorts of roles because they're the sorts of roles that are interesting and exciting and challenging and that they can see as being a pathway to a to a future career, as opposed to somebody who would look at this and say, Oh well, it's just a job. I want to get a bit more money, I want my job to be this, that or the other, so I'll do these things. And the difference while it may seem relatively benign when you uh, when you first think about it, when you get into the detail and you get into the actual execution, that difference can make an enormous impact on the overall outcome of the deployment, both for the organisation and particularly for the individuals themselves who find themselves in these roles. So it's not simply looking at motivation for someone to progress their career. And that is where I feel an awful lot of businesses tend to go a bit wrong. There's a lot of businesses, particularly international businesses, where putting someone onto an international deployment is part of a career path to move them from one particular role or grade within the organisation to one that's more senior, that carries more money, that carries more responsibility and so forth. So these organisations will make it a mandated requirement that to get beyond grade X, you must have spent a certain period of time running an an office in another country. So it becomes a stepping stone for people. And for a lot of people, it's a stepping stone that they'll simply endure. They'll go in, they'll they'll get through the work, they'll get through the, the secondment that they're into, they'll move on to the next thing, they'll leave whatever damage it is that's gone behind them, they won't learn from what they've done, and the organisation can often find itself weaker rather than stronger for for that happening. Happening, So people will go in, they'll assume that the new culture they're working in and the new culture they're managing 
works just the same as the one that they used to be in. They'll behave in the same ways. They may not go out of their way in any way, shape or form to actually understand the culture or even to understand that there is such a thing as a different culture in an extreme case. They'll lose sight of the differences if they were even aware of them and everything only becomes a problem. So they're there, suddenly the people that are working for them don't understand how they're asking them to do things and they believe that it's the people that are working for them that have the problem where those people will have been perfectly happy and very productive typically working for their previous manager or leader who may have been either someone else on one of these uh, international roundabout conveyor belt things or could have been uh, a local person who'd been in that role. So you'll often find then that these people come in, they cause a lot of problems, they cause a lot of upheaval and a lot of difficulty they cause a lot of disturbance to the people who are who are already in the roles, who are nationals in whichever country, in whichever culture it is they're working in. And then they move on and they leave whatever in their wake. They can tick the box in the HR department to say, ah, oh, yes, this person's done their six months, nine months, two years, whatever period working in another country. So they can then move on to the next position. But neither the individuals themselves nor the organization has really and truly benefited from it in many cases the organization will have suffered and in many cases the individuals while they typically will only have endured if that's the right term the particular placement for that period they will also have missed an opportunity an opportunity to better their understanding of the world to build international networks that are not just another Rolodex of names from another country, but they are actually people who they've met and spent time with and got to know and built relationships with where they have trust and they can work together collaboratively going forwards. So finding those right people is a real challenge for a lot of businesses. Firstly, the first challenge, of course, is to recognise that they need to find those right people, that they're not just looking at people to say, okay, do you meet these three criteria being do you work for us at a certain level are you on this particular career path where you have to go to this place and are you prepared to go with the right technical skills what you really want in there is a is another or several more boxes that look at the individuals as candidates and say do you have the requisite motivational cultural skills and interests and desires to take on this role and if not, then either the organisation needs to find ways to instil those desires within the individual. The individual themselves needs to recognise that they need to have those skills. Or possibly the organisation needs to say, well, this particular career path is not the right path for this particular individual. And look to find alternate career paths for that person. Um, maybe a, a way where they can get similar experience but staying only within their own country, but where that person then recognises that certain doorways along their future will remain closed to them until they've um, um, developed the desire and the skills and the interest to take on one of these international postings. So there's, there's, there's things that the organisation needs to do to put into place before they would really move further. Similarly, the individual needs to recognise why they need to do these things. 
They need to see what the benefits are. They need to understand, of course, what the challenges are. But particularly, they need to decide for themselves how much they really want to work in this position and to achieve the outcomes that go with it. And that can be for them. For some people, it will be something where they'll say, well, I'm just not prepared to take that step because it's not something I want to put myself or my family or myself and my family through. Um, But for other people, it would be a very exciting, very interesting thing that they will be really keen to take on and potentially even to take on without having the future opportunities that may or may not come with it. So it's, it's a personal choice as well. Some people will mature into um, into the place where they're ready to take on a role like this later in their careers. For some people, it'll be something they'll they'll jump at relatively early in their careers, in their late 20s, early 30s. For other people, it's something that they just will not be ready for until they're a bit later in their careers. So it may be a case that it staggers some people's careers, that they move things around that they, that they go and do something else for a period and then they come back and take on one of these international roles. And then, of course, they need to recognise that the role itself is not simply doing the same job or doing a job one grade higher in another country, that the role itself comes with a great many other challenges and opportunities, challenges and opportunities which include working with people from different cultures, different languages, different um, personal backgrounds, working in a different marketplace where things work differently and finding ways where they can inspire and motivate and collaborate with their new colleagues in a completely different way to what they're used to doing in their home country. So So all of those are both a challenge and an opportunity for people they're both an obstacle and uh, and a stepping stone, and they are all things that uh, that the individuals need to be aware of and prepared for as they get ready to take these things on. Of course, the organisations themselves need to find ways, firstly, where they can identify the right candidates for these who are not simply somebody whose name came up next on the list of people who would do for an international rotation. They need to look to find people who who are the right fit and sometimes that might mean if it's if it's not simply a um, a stepping stone to a promotion if it's a genuinely long-term role that they're looking to fill it might well be that they find someone more junior who just happens to have every other skill that they need and then the organizations can find different ways to support that more junior person in that same role into the future which could be putting them in there in a less senior role to work for the local manager. It could be putting them in there in the role that they're destined to be in, but with giving them a lot more mentoring and coaching and support for the job requirements as well as for the cultural and interpersonal skills that they would need. So there's, there's, we need as an, as, a, as an industry or as industries, we need to look more closely and, and more carefully at the ways that these uh, these deployments get managed. Then, of course, once once somebody is actually placed into one of these roles, it's incumbent on the organisation itself to provide them with all of the support they need to succeed. It would be crazy for an organisation to spend very large sums of money sending someone off onto one of these things to, to put one of their key people, potentially, into a developmental role, 
and then leave them just dangling there with no support. So the organisation needs to find ways to support people. And equally, the individuals need to find ways to put their hand up and say, I need a bit of help with this, that or the other. So it's we need we need really to do a better job of finding ways to move people into international roles, whether it be a project international role or whether it be a business-based international role, whether it's a shorter term, three months, six months, 12 months, whatever, and as part of a career path, or if it's a longer-term strategy for the business to move people into these different roles. So hopefully that's been something that's been of interest, and it's maybe inspired you to have a bit of a think about how either you yourself or your organisation does, does these sorts of things what motivations there may or may not be in, in your organisation or in yourself to uh, to look toward one of these international placements. And, um, yeah, give you something a little bit to ponder. So I hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you have, then please do check us out. We are at www.ulfire.com.au and of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast feed on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcasts to keep up to date with future episodes. Leave us some feedback, get in touch if you've got any questions or thoughts on this or other podcast and articles. And I look forward to speaking to you in the future. Thank you. <laughs>